Welcome back. We are glad you have chosen to join us as Pastor Tim continues his message entitled, Help Them Escape, from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 23-26. through 26. To help someone escape from the snare of the devil, certainly there are attitudes and actions that we are to avoid. But more importantly, there are attributes that we need to take up and hone and employ. Why is this so important? Because the eternal destiny of people hangs in the balance. Here's Pastor Tim. There's a second thing. When we are divesting ourselves of foolishness, we're trying to refuse these foolish and ignorant disputes, refuse these senseless speculations. But notice how verse number 24 begins. He says, and a servant of the Lord, that's you, right? And a servant of the Lord must not, and this is one of those times where I don't really like my New King James. It says he must not quarrel. I bet you somebody in here has a translation where it says, and a bond servant of the Lord must not be quarrelsome. That's the better translation. Let me, let me show you why without getting into the details of the rest of the verse just yet. Because he goes on next to say, and, but, or, but be gentle. Be able to teach. Be patient. And he's going to continue that, that, that same vein into verse number 25. So what he's saying is, don't be this way. Be this way. You say, Tim, what's the, what's the big deal? What's, what's the big deal about why are you making a big deal between whether it should say be quarrelsome or quarrel? Because we're talking about two specific areas of life. In verse number 23, he's talking about the action. When you find yourself in quarrels, in disputes that are foolish and ignorant that generate strife, that is an act. That is an action, isn't it? So when he says to refuse senseless speculations, what he's saying is don't do that. I mean, it's just that simple. Just don't do that. This is the act that you are to avoid. If you're going to avoid foolishness and to divest yourself of it, don't do those things. Verse 24 is different than that. It's not about the action, it's about the attitude. He's not simply saying, you know, in verse 23, don't quarrel. And in verse 24, say, don't quarrel. What he's saying is, don't quarrel. Don't even be quarrelsome. See the difference? A quarrelsome person may not immediately be involved in a quarrel. They have a spirit inside of them for squabbling, for foolishness, for arguing, for wanting to be right all the time. So if I'm going to divest myself of foolishness, it has to be by both action and attitude. So I am to refuse senseless speculations. But I am to reject. That's what you have to do with that spirit. I reject that spirit inside of me. I reject a squabbling spirit. 
Not only do I not want to be involved in foolish and ignorant disputes, I don't want to be the kind of person that goes to look for those. You may not, you may not think that it's a, a big deal, you know. It's just how the Lord made me. Well, that's, that's usually an excuse that we use when we don't want to do what God's telling us to do. He just made me like this. He didn't make you like that if he's telling you to be something else. He says, you must not be this. You must reject that squabbling, critical spirit inside of you. Repent of that. Be cleansed of that. Be free from that. That's what it means to divest yourself. I am emptying myself of these things. I don't want this action and I don't want this attitude and so I give it up completely. What Paul is saying to Timothy is, if you want to live a life that helps people escape from the snare of the devil, then there's some things that you need to avoid. And both of them, have to do with arguing. Nobody, nobody comes to Christ through an argument. You may say, well, I, I, I argued with my Catholic neighbor. They come to Jesus? No, you can correct them for sure. You can teach them what's true, and he's going to talk about those things. But to get in an argument with a Jehovah's Witness just because they want to give you that little piece of paper, you're not going to win them like that. The point is not that you win the argument. The point is that they escape. If they're trapped... They may stay trapped for eternity. And if it means not getting into those kind of arguments and not trying to prove myself to be right or to know something that, you know, maybe somebody else doesn't know, then so be it. You looking for a feather in your cap? Or are you looking for a crown or a jewel in your crown? All right. To help people escape from the snare, first you have to divest yourself of some things that are foolish. Secondly, to help people escape from the snare, you have to invest yourself in fruitfulness. Invest yourself in fruitfulness. Become that kind of person that Paul's been talking about all along. And here in these this final part of the, really, second part of verse 24 and the first part of verse number 25, you find all four of those things. Notice what he says. He says, this bond servant of the Lord, or this servant of the Lord, as mine says, he must not, you know, quarrel or be quarrelsome. But, and I think that you can use the word must. I think it can fit with both of those as you, as you try to uh, figure out how that sentence is constructed. He must not quarrel, but he must be, what? First of all, gentle. 
gentle to all. I would say it this way, be gentle in your demeanor. Be gentle in demeanor. You know, there was only one time that Jesus described himself with adjectives. I mean, we do it all the time. You know, if I were to say, you know, who is Jesus? What is his nature? What is his character? And we just kind of threw it out there. People would say, he is forgiving. He is. They would say, he is loving. He is. Somebody would, somebody would certainly, hopefully, go to the point of saying, he is God. And he is. We would go through a number of his attributes. But how does Jesus describe himself? He only does it one time, and he only uses two words. One of them is the word that you find right here in verse number 24, gentle. He says, I am gentle. If you want to be like Jesus, you have to be gentle. Does that mean that you're a, 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 a doormat? No, that's not what that means at all. Was Jesus a doormat? No. Does that mean that I can never get angry about things? No, Jesus got angry about things, didn't he? What does it mean? It means then that I treat people as if they are precious. I treat people as if they are tender. I'm gentle with them. You know, at the house sometimes when we're watching TV... I may, you know, if somebody wants to change the channel or whatever, you know, hey, let me have the remote. What would we do? We'd throw it. <laughs> we just chunk the remote across the room, you know. Hope you don't hit somebody or I don't really care if it's the dog. But anyway, you just throw it, you know, and it, it lands where it lands and then we'll use it. But if I wanted to move the TV, I'm not, I'm not throwing the TV, I'm not shoving the TV, I am gently removing the TV and moving it where it needs to go. It's more precious. It's more expensive. It's more valuable than a remote that you can go buy off the store shelf. Remember him talking about vessels last week, vessels of honor, vessels of gold and of silver? Those are people. Be gentle with them. Especially in the day that we live in. People are fragile, aren't they? I think people are more fragile in this generation than they ever have been before. And we can curse that and say, well, men in my generation, you know, this is the greatest generation. Okay. But it's people today that need us. It's people today that are in the trap. If it means being gentle, then be gentle in your demeanor. Number two, you want to be instructive with your data. Be instructive with your data. He says, he says not only must you be gentle to all, but you also must be, it goes, it goes with it in every one of these cases, you must be able to teach. You have the truth. 
How do you give that truth? You say, well, I'm not a preacher. But you talk to people, don't you? I mean, don't you talk to people about the things that are important to you? Surely you talk to people about what the Bible says. Surely you talk to people about who Jesus is and what He can do. Surely that's a part of your conversation. Be instructive. You don't have to be condemning. Listen, I don't have to tell the Jehovah's Witness that he's wrong. He's already wrong. I need to tell him the truth. I need to share with him what the truth says. And be able at some point to make some kind of connection with him. By the way, if you want them to stop coming to your door, <laughs> make connection with them and share the gospel with them and they'll stop. Be gentle to them. Be didactic. Teach them, line upon line, principle by principle, what the Bible has to say. Third, it's how you're helping them escape, right? Number three. He says at the end of verse number 24, I think again you use the must be, must be patient. Must be patient. The word that he uses for patient is the same word that's tied in with the word long-suffering. Here's a great word picture for you. It means to be long-fused. You know, you got a little stick of dynamite that's ready to go, put a little one-inch fuse on it, light it, you better, you better get out of there pretty quick, right? If you have a long fuse, it takes a long time for that to burn. It takes a long time before there's ever an explosion. That's who we're to be. It's a part of the fruit of the Spirit, isn't it? Patience, long-suffering, all of that's a part of what, what the Holy Spirit of God is doing inside of you. You may say, well, that's not how He made me. Yeah, <laughs> I remember one time uh, we were talking about anger and I said something about being redheaded. You know, hey, it comes natural to me. It's how God made me. I'm redheaded. When some kid came up to me afterwards and said, Mr. Tim, you're not redheaded. You're gray-headed. <laughs> Find out how long your fuse is real quick with that. So you should have, be able to say, I have, a, I have a natural excuse to just fly off the handle. Have a natural excuse to <laughs> be a jerk, you know? When I play golf, I never have been very good. But when I first started playing golf, man, I get so mad. That, that, that little ball, you know, <laughs> I want to be like Happy Gilmore, get in your home, you know, and it just, it just won't go. And so there's been a many a time where I've hit the ground, flubbed a shot, whatever, and taken that club and just slung it off you know, into the woods or down the fairway or wherever, you know, that I happened to be. Until one day when I was playing and there was a course, it was really crowded. And it's the kind where you just, I don't like to play like that. Where, you know, you, you, you hit your shot, you drive your shot, and then you just sit there and wait for the group in front of you. For them to move on, then you can hit your shot, you know. So I'm sitting there in my cart with my buddy and we're watching this group in front of us. And he slings his club off into the into the woods, and I said, look at that guy. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Shouldn't nobody do that anymore. And ever since I saw him, I hadn't thrown a club yet. Now, I have in my heart. So, you know, there's, a, there's still some work that God has to do. But to be long-fused, to be patient, 
I mentioned that he uses a specific word there. It's a word which means to hold back in difficulties. You ever find yourself having to do that with your words? Have to hold back. We say it this way, I, I held my tongue. You're just simply allowing the Spirit of God to do what He wants to do in your life in the first place and produce that fruit in you. Be long-fused. Hold back when you go through difficult times. Because they're going to come. They just are. Be gentle in your demeanor. Be instructive with your data. Be long-fused in difficulties. And then fourthly, be humble in your disposition. That's what we, that's what we get led into in verse number 25. He says, in humility... Correcting those who are in opposition. All right, so use that once again. The Jehovah's Witnesses at your door. He's knocking on the door and he's telling you that one of these days, if you'll be good enough, you can be a God of your own universe. Right? He give you a pamphlet, tell you exactly how to do it. Right? You know that you're in opposition to that. You know that he's incorrect and you know that you need to share truth with him. Do it in humility. Why? Because that man or that woman carrying that satchel or the Mormons who ride up on their bicycles are in a trap just like you used to be. Was it an argument that brought you to Christ? Or was it somebody who was loving and compassionate and gentle and humble, in humility, correct those who are in opposition. And then he goes on with the, here's the reason why you do these things. By the way, I mentioned to you just a moment ago that there's only one time when Jesus described himself. And when he did, he used two different words. I mentioned to you that the first one is gentle. Any guesses what the second word is? It's humble. If you want to be like Jesus, you got to be gentle and you got to be humble. That's why I say it's a part of your demeanor. It's a part of your disposition. It's a part of your new nature of who you are. And it's those kinds of things that will drive you to compassion, will drive you to the point to where you're ready to help somebody escape from the snare of the devil that they're already in. Let's pray together. Jesus, we recognize that we have a responsibility that is bigger than us. You've given us the tools. You've given us the means. You'll even give us your power. Help us to be the kind of people that you will use to set people free. Father, bless this your church. Don't let us be in Ephesus. Instead, help us to reclaim Columbus for Christ. Not in arrogance, but in gentleness, and in patience, in humility, 
and in diligence. Bless us today in Jesus' name. Amen. This year at Brit David, we would like to challenge you to share the love of Christ with those you come into contact with each day. Remember, he who wins souls is wise. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchoffice at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Britt David Podcast.